never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Standard protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. When you're looking for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah. I love my HBCU uh, and boy, boy, I love it, love it. Yeah. I love it, love it. Yeah, I love my HBCU yeah. and man, yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah, man. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. Yeah. If they lost, yeah. I'm quiet as a mouth. But if they won, keep tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talkin they know what they be talking about. Talkin they can press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah. And who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir. And pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill with Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Mike Washington is out on the side. We have none other than A.D. Drew. Y'all going to have to liven up a little, gentlemen. I know y'all put in work at the Swag Baseball Tournament, and I want to give you kudos for the work, yeoman, that you did out there. But now we got to give updates of what took place since y'all were in the house. So, you know, I need a little more smiles on the face. Uh, bright eyed and bushy tail, as they say. The semester is over. I know it's summertime, and y'all ready 
in case of Charles got out there swinging some golf clubs early in the morning, spend all his money or take everybody's money. That's why he earns his travel uh, for the fall <laughs> in terms of what we can't put in his pockets to help cover his travel costs. That's what he does there. And AD Drew, you know, he's always on the move trying to figure it out. But uh, for all of you, I want to say welcome to episode 398 inside the HBC Sports Lab radio show. Countdown to 400. We're right there. 398 inside the HBC Sports Lab show and podcast show that's covering the sporting HBC dash for all things HBC sports from institutions large and small from the NAIA to the NCAA. We share insights and information on the HBC sports culture. HBCU Athletic Aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU Athletic Programs and the business of HBCU Sports. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Kavir, along with my co-host, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. We're filming from our home studios and sending a signal live to KCH 1230 AM Studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Famer, multi-Hall of Famer, Ralph Cooper, in the beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. Today's episode of Inside the HBC Sports Lab is sponsored by THG Agency, LLC. THG Agency, a company that provides sporting, educational, consulting, and data analytics. With that, let's bring everybody in. Let me start with you, Charles. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Doc. Doing well. A little, little gas from last week, dead but I'll tell you what. It was, got a little dead leg there. Yeah, a little dead leg, but i tell you what. It was a tremendous experience. I want to, uh, again, I want to thank... Uh, uh, SWAC. I want to thank uh, Andrew Roberts, uh, Commissioner McClellan, uh, for the opportunity last week to do a, a sideline during the SWAC baseball tournament. Definitely want to thank Santoria uh, uh, Black, Charles Edmond, uh, as well as Coach Kador, and, and definitely the producer James Crenshaw. They did a young work last week, and I was appreciative to be part of that broadcast last week. Well said, well said. I just wanted to give you your kudos in terms of a job well done, uh, in terms of what I saw personally and what I personally heard a lot of people said. So great job to get out there and get it done. Uh, I agree with you. Kudos for all those that made it happen in terms of what's going on. But great work. Hope to see more of it. Yes. With that being said, uh, Eddie Drew, how are you doing today? I want to thank all of the above that Charles mentioned and everybody else at the SWAC office for making it a fan-pleasurable experience for me until I was able to get to the ballpark. And then once I got to the ballpark, just being able to sit back and watch you guys uh, work, watch you guys interact, uh, the conversations that I had while I was there with the multiple people there, the love that was there uh, for for us, you know. Just wanted to, want to thank you guys for for doing such a like Dr. Kavir said, a yeoman's job, bringing coverage, and also want to give you a little bit of credit, Charles, for coining a new phrase that we're going to never let die here on the Black College Sports Network. I have my miakish. You have your urban jet stream. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, put that indeed. out there in the ether. And boy, did it work here. A lot of folks fell in love with the urban jet stream. Was that something that you kind of had in the back of your head or just something you kind of came up with the fly? Uh, no, I mean, it literally came up, uh, came to me on the fly. I mean, I just started 
noticing how the ball just would carry uh, in this little quadrant of uh, of the field, and it just it just came to my head. It was you know we're we're playing uh, within the uh, confines of Atlanta downtown Atlanta. It just you know seemed like some sort of urban jet stream was taking the ball out the right center. Yes, I, I love it. It was great. Well said in terms of what that looks like. Um, that's sometimes how the best ones come out in regards to that. Let me give a shout out, and then I'm going to go to you, Drew, and let you have, have the pleasantry since it was your team. Uh, in basketball, we say cut down the nets. In baseball, I guess we just say kick up the cleats and raise up the trophy. But with that being said, let me shout out to a couple of folks out here that are checking us out. Check Hunt, Ron Waters, Mary Allen. I had a tough weekend for the Ron Waters. Got that close. Very Williams says, congrats to fam you. The Ron Waters says, Mary Allen, just kidding. Y'all deserve it. Uh, giving some kidding back and forth. HBCU Heritage Center is in the house. G Boom Holly. Jerome G. Sutton. Chad Cooper. Shout out to Edwin D. Moore. With that being said, uh, as we get into it, let me let you go ahead and give an update. I did want to give a shout out to Harold Michael Harvey that was there. He gave me his book, Freaknet Lawyer, the memoir of Craft of Resistance. Started reading on that. Very fascinating the way he carves the story there. But with that being said, Drew, we'll let you give out the great news of the day, particularly for those Rattler fans out there. What, what kind of news is hot on your plate? I imagine I know what it is. Hmm. Maybe out my lead story should be that Florida AM claims the SWAC baseball title. This comes from I'm gonna read it from SWAC.org, but I was there to witness it. So I I, I could verify this source, Dr. Cavill. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the Florida Classic moved north to Atlanta, Georgia, as Florida AM and Bethune Cookman were the last two teams standing. In the in the SWAC tournament, uh, Florida a and won by a final score of nine to nine to six. Hmm. I guess those uh, nine runs were better than those nine lives of the Wildcats. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm supposed to stay professional on this. My bad, y'all. Uh, but for Florida a and this is their third SWAC title of the season. They opened the conference season with a volleyball championship. Uh, a few weeks ago, they won the SWAC tennis title, and now they are heading off to play the University of Florida in the regionals for the baseball uh, championship. Florida A&M jumped out early, 3-0 in the first inning. Uh, Bethune came back. They did score a run in the bottom of the second inning. Fam, you will go, go up again in the third inning. And although Bethune played from behind the entire tournament, had the game time run either at the plate or on deck the last four innings of the ball game, they were unable to come through and to uh, and to overtake the Rattlers. So uh, great game by both uh, teams. And I, I, and I did have one observation I wanted to bring out about the game. And I thought it was so interesting. And you guys may remember, I don't know if you guys were still in the stadium when this happened. It was the it was the half inning when but th- when there were two challenges. Florida AM challenged a play at second base, 
and the runner was initially called uh, out, and then he was ruled safe. And then the next at bat, there was a pickoff attempt by Bethune at second base. Bethune challenged that particular play. And Bethune probably almost wished they had to challenge the play because the runner was uh, initially called out. <clears throat> Not only was he the call overturned and he was ruled safe, but obstruction because they went to the replay was also ruled on the call, which awarded the runner third base, set up a first to third situation, and then uh, a sacrifice fly later, Florida A&M added what was at that time the potential, the, the a run that put them up another, I believe that put them up like five to one at that point or five to two. Don't remember what the exact score, but it was just something that I thought with the replays that were going on and a replay challenge that actually not only was the call overturned, but it was overturned with a penalty. Yes, uh, I agree with you. It was, um, I think they had to challenge it because they actually called the guy safe. Um, and safe. so he was obviously out. So they challenged it, but they came back and ruled that not only was he, uh, yes, he was out, but they said it was instruction why he got him out, which allowed the advantage to go to third, and they got the RBI single, which added the run. And it was little plays like that when you started to say, hey, it's family, you, it's the Rattlers Day. Because every time you thought Bethune-Cookman may have been making their vaunted move, like you said, all term long, coming back and maybe making it even more interesting than the gamely was, um, you saw uh, that the Rattlers made the key plays uh, to dwarf them. I thought some of the biggest plays in the games, in addition to that, were the double plays. Um, there were three of them like early on in the game that really – yeah, ultimately it was four for the game, but it was three early uh, that dwarfed any uh, rally that you thought was going to come. And they were really nice, uh, strong double plays by FAMU uh, early in that matchup in terms of what it looks like. So I agree with you. Kudos to the Rattlers in terms of getting it done. I'd say this, that you're being a little nice, though. It's actually five championships because you got the regular season and the tournament championship for both. Uh, volleyball and, and tennis. women's tennis in terms of that. Charles, what's some news that you have out of that? Yeah, well, let's take a look at uh, the all-tournament selections from the Swag Baseball Tournament. Uh, the va- most valuable player was Zach Morrell from Florida A&M. Uh, we take a look at the all-tournament team. Uh, Jack Hay from Alabama State, Keelan Mack from Grambling State, Kyle Walker from Grambling, Irvin Escobar from Bethune-Cookman, Highland Hall from Bethune-Cookman, Boris Pena from Bethune-Cookman, uh, Colton Olesen, from Bethune-Cookman. Uh, you also had Sebastian Grico, John, John Michael Bastardo, uh, Jared Weber, Hunter Beats, and of course, Zach Maria, all from Florida A&M. All of them were named uh, all tournament selections in the Swag Baseball Tournament. Uh, i tell you what, each one of these guys, they had uh, a tremendous tournament when you talk about uh, the home run power of Sebastian Grico and John Michael Bastardo. Uh, Hunter Beats uh, pitched uh, two marvelous games uh, for the family rallies. Jared Weber had a huge series. I believe he might have had the most hits in the tournament. Uh, and uh, Zach Maria, we'll talk about him a, l- a little bit later on. Uh, but he pitched pretty much in every game uh, Florida A&M had. But uh, kudos to all the players who made it. Yeah, and he also had over 40. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I thought you were done. No, no, no. I was just saying kudos to all those players who made all tournament team. 
Yeah, Maria had over 40 appearances on the season, including every game in the SWAC tournament. It's pretty big, pretty big. With that, let's go into our first break. We'll come back on the other side with some other news of the day and see if we can get into our first interview as well. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this first break. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay, call Cuvay. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard, as well as the upcoming week of HBCU sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watts and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www. Slowburnwaco.com. Compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah. And who's the ball? So listen to Professor Yes, sir. And pay attention, because he gon' teach a lesson. Eddie Drew, if you would reach out to Coach Shoot. You're on mute, Dr. Kabir. Go ahead, Dr. Kabir. Not sure, Charles. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, AD. Uh, what I was uh, going to ask you. Uh, yeah, because uh, I don't know, Dr. Kabir's mic is off, so I was going to say if you go ahead and uh, lead us. Oh, no problem. No problem. Uh, what we're trying to do is uh, we're having some technical difficulties with uh, Dr. Kavir real quick. But uh, what I was going to tell you to do as producer, if you could reach out to Coach Shoot real quick. Uh, he is trying to reach out to you in terms of uh, uh, coming on the show. What we we're going to do was bring on Coach uh, Jamie Shoot of the Florida A&M Rappers. Uh, we should have him up here in a second. Uh, but uh, as we uh, mentioned, you know, we were talking about this uh, swag baseball tournament and the all-tournament team. When you take a look at guys like Jack A. Keela Mack, uh, Kyle Walker, Urban Escobar, Highland Hall, Boris Pena, Colton Olesen, Sebastian Grico, Jan Michael Bastardo, 
uh, Jared Weber, Hunter Beats, and Zach Maria. So all those guys, they had a, a tremendous tournament there uh, as we bring in Dr. Cavill back in here. Yes, I hear you there. Um, talking about some of those that had great days in terms of the tournament there. Wanted to get in a little bit about switching over to track and field to get some updates there. As you see, Bison uh, punched three tickets to the NCAA Austin uh, as you're going to the NCAA Championship. Howard University's women track and field wrapped up the weekend at the NCAA East Regional campus of the University of North Florida, punching three entries to Austin, Texas for the NCAA Outdoor Championships. Junior Darcy Khan opened the evening, earning her spot in Austin in the 100-meter hurdles. The Georgia native ran an AQ time of 12.96. All-American senior Jessica Wright punched her ticket back to the big stage, recording an automatic qualifying time of 57.40 in the 400-meter hurdles for the third consecutive year. A 4x4-400-meter relay squad will represent Howard at the national level. Wright graduate uh, Katrina, Katrina Moore, sophomore Tiffany Ray Pittman, and newcomer Ania Woodruff secured the final spot with a 3.3544 mark, edging out ACC member Clips uh, with 3.3598 uh, to get into the NCAA championship in Austin. Hey, do you drew any additional track information you have about championships on your mind or other news you want to go in a different direction? No, uh, no, Dr. Cavill, uh, it's just great that you know, track is a sad time for me, Dr. Kavir, because that is like the unofficial end of the athletic season. And I'm <laughs> yeah. not, yes, and I'm gonna hold it's my over. comments. I'm gonna hold my comments a little bit further than that because there's one team sport left out there with someone who can continue on our uh athletic season and we have that man joining us right now coach jb shoot of the orange and green that it would be my florida a&m university rattlers the highest of seven heels what's up guys how's everybody so we're getting uh coming in there and getting started there <laughs> what's going on you hey good how are you how's everybody we doing, we're going we're well, doing great. Going well, probably not as well and excited I, as you are. I'll say I'm doing pretty well also. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a uh, that was a fun tournament, man. It, uh, Atlanta rolled out the red carpet for every team in the SWAC. The SWAC did a great job of hosting a tournament. Uh, umpiring was good. The fan support was good. And then obviously we loved the results. Uh, I felt, felt like my guys fought extremely well the whole tournament, battled through some adversity and uh, – you know, we're just we're just happy as we can be in only our second year in the SWAC to be crowned champions this season. No doubt. Talking about just that, being able to crown yourself second year, that's a nice feat. And you add that on now that you're able to claim a championship in the MEAC, uh, an expansion member of the SWAC, you come in in second year and get a championship there. I know this is an odd question and take it in the appropriate way. I know oftentimes coaches will say their first championship is the more special, but just the unique circumstances of winning this championship. Uh, how does that kind of mix? Is there is there something that you can say one more important than the other, or is it like your children? You love them all. Well, probably, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, probably can't make 
there was probably two sides of that, really. Uh, probably mm-hmm. my wife, this, it was the, the Thursday night loss where we had a four run lead in that crucial game against the two, the other undefeated team, Alabama state happened to be took a four run lead into the ninth inning and then lose it in the bottom of the ninth. That was probably the most devastating loss I've had in what, 33 years of coaching at the division one level, 31 years of coaching at the division one level, my days at Florida state, my nine years coming in up to this or eight, eight seasons coming in up to this. It was just a devastating loss. And, and it, it I guess it hurt more because you know, I'm on the back end of my career and I've been to world series a lot with Florida state and enjoyed my coaching experience for these years. But, uh, as you get older and you get toward the back end of your career, you want it for the kids so much more. And to see how devastated they were after that terrible, I mean, just bad loss. You, there's no other way to say it. You just felt for them, man. And just, you know, I think I slept every bit of 30 minutes that night. Um, it was just, it was just a bad gut wrenching feeling. And, you know, I, I was so pleased at the way my guys fought back and, you know, because of the adversity, because of how devastated that loss was, and that you know that usually that's the turning point game. Win that when you're in a good position, and that's always been the case. And to lose it in the fashion right. we lost it, and then to see my kids fight back so hard, gosh, it was just beautiful. And as I said, on the back end of anybody's career, they'll tell you, seeing those kids do something special and seeing those kids celebrate after three days before just being devastated. Um, it, there was a lot of lessons there that you could teach these young men. And it was just, it was so exciting. I, I, I you know, I, they celebrated hard and I don't blame them at all. I mean, it was, it was something worth celebrating because of the fashion, because of the, the disappointment of Thursday and what we had to do to get back in to the championship game and then play a very good Bethune Cookman team and win it. Yeah. Watching it there in person, I can certainly understand how uh, tough that was, but to see the young men, uh, and the fans and everybody bounced back, including you coaching all that and getting it done. Like you said, I can see how that takes it to the next level. With that being you know, said, AD, go ahead with a follow-up what, question. Yeah, no. Go ahead. Go ahead, Coach. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, we've got, you know, I've got three kids that are grown now, and they do things in life that disappoint you sometimes. And when they do, you're so mad at them. And then when you know they're hurt by what they've done as well, your madness all of a sudden flips in a hurry and just, just you want to hug them and, you know, tell them it's going to be okay. And that's kind of where I was there. I was so mad that we lost that game. And then I saw my guys and they were just devastated. And all I could do is, man, I just want to hug them and tell them everything's going to be okay. And the lesson we tried to teach them that night and the next morning was it's real easy to be good when things are good, but when things are bad, if you can somehow be good in bad times, those bad times will be less and they'll be less, you know, uh, influential in your life. And not to mention baseball. I mean, it's going to, you know, but it's hard to be good when things are bad. But if you can, if you can persevere those bad times and remain positive, remain good, good things will happen. And it worked out good because, you know, our guys flipped it and said, we're going to give it everything we have for as long as we have. And uh, it's going to take a, a crazy effort and a crazy effort was, was had by the Rattlers and, uh, here we sit, getting ready to go down to Gainesville and play in the NCAA regional tournament. One follow-up question before I push to Drew because you brought that up. Um, I got a little trivia that's interesting to me that I read where your son, one of your children, your son, Jake, 
is mm -hmm. a FAMU 2014 graduate of the Doctoral School of Pharmacy. So my yes. trivia question, was he at FAMU before you got, get, got there? I think timing usually pharmacy schools two, three years. So I imagine he was there before, but I just uh, curious because I thought that was a he, great story. He graduated first season Are you He graduated, okay. Jake. <laughs> pharmacy. Actually, ironically, Dr. Oriaku, who works in the School of Pharmacy, when I came in and did my visit interviewing for the job, Dr. Oriaku was the guy that showed me around, and he and I, to this day, remain friends. But he's, he was in the pharmacy department and uh, graduated my first year coaching at FAMU. Yeah, I thought it, it matched up like that. I figured he was there. I thought that's pretty cool <laughs> to see that, that you happened to land a job uh, at the time he's in the pharmacy school taking care of business over there. With that, A.D. Drew, go ahead and follow up. Well, Coach, uh, first I'm going to put my fan hat on. Uh, you uh, talked about that devastating loss on Thursday. When you guys came back Friday morning and won that game one to nothing, that as a fan is when we felt like it was going to be okay. We we, we were going to uh, make go ahead and make that run into the, into the tournament. Now, put my media hat back on, and we talked about this on our pregame show. We thought that the actual turning point of the tournament for Florida A&M was the loss and the way that they rebounded from, from the loss. Uh, but I say all that and to ask you this question. I was noticing something when I was looking at your, at your resume there at Florida A&M. You won a title in 15 and 19. Obviously, those were in the BAC. And now you've won one in 23. That's once every four years, coach. That means any four, anybody who's been with your program for four years has won a title. So with that being said, coach, what's the secret to the sauce? <laughs> I would, you could ask any coach in the nation. If we knew that secret, we'd be drinking that secret every day. Uh, <laughs> we get, I mean, you know, we, we just get kids. Um, and, and they come in and they, they you know, we stress the importance of an, of an education. Um, you know, we all not only won the SWAC championship this year, but we won in the classroom as well. We had a 3.2 team GPA during the fall. Wow. And usually people drop off, student athletes drop off during the season in which they're competing. In the spring semester, we had a 3.44 and led all of the athletic department in terms of highest GPA. But that's with 40 kids. So we had eight guys with a perfect 4.0. Um, so these guys understand that the importance of, of being in college is more than just athletics. It's a student athlete equation. Uh, we have great support from, you know, the, the entire university, uh, the, 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 the faculty, uh, they embrace the baseball program, all the athletic programs. And, you know, our guys know they got to go to class or ain't going to practice or not going to games. Um, you know, they're, they're not only, you know, trying to be professionals in baseball, but they're also knowing that they're going to be professional in some aspects in life. Uh, so baseball is such a good game. And, you know, the losing when you lose, there's so many le lessons when you win. You know, there's lessons there as well. And we try to take those lessons and, you know, make sure they're implied further beyond further than just baseball. Um, you know, our job as coaches, and again, it goes back to where I'm at in my career. Uh, at, you know, as you get older, you you, uh, you understand that these lessons have to be taught for these men to help this country become what this country is capable of becoming. So I'm proud, man. I'm proud of our team. I'm, there's nothing that I'm not proud of with those those young men. They gave everything this weekend. Hopefully, we're not done. We got a 
a daunting task in front of us called the Florida Gators on Friday night. They're second ranked team in the country. But I will give you this. We did beat them in 2014, my first year. They were ranked sixth in the country and went in there and shocked the world. So, you know, that's one of the things we go by. Let's try to shock the world, see what happens. So, you know, baseball is weird. Baseball is not like other sports where in football, it seems like the strongest team wins most of the time. Uh, in basketball, the tallest or most athletic team usually wins. Um, except in, unless you're a Boston Celtic fans, that didn't work out too good for them. <laughs> uh, but in baseball, it's the team that executes the, the, the skills of the, of the game. You know, it's, it's, it's about throwing, catching, hitting, base running, it's pitching, throwing strikes. Um, we don't run much. I mean, people look at me sometimes and think I'm crazy. And actually, it's a pretty good recruiting tool when you tell a kid, you know, I think running is a waste of time. Baseball is not a cardiovascular sport. It's a skill-specific sport. And mm. probably wasting time and taking time away from the skills of the game that you need. that are so difficult uh, to, to, to master. Um, so we don't, we run very little, you know, pitchers run a little bit more than position players, but we run, you know, run the bases, but there's just not, it's not a cardiovascular game to me. And that's usually a good selling point. It's a game played between your ears. It's mental game. And we teach that to our guys and they buy in. And obviously there's always bumps in the road. Latter part of the season, we were not very good. Uh, we lost the lost the series at Jackson state, lost the series at home against Alabama state and lost the series at home against uh, Bethune Cookman but we weren't healthy. Uh, Ty Jackson, who you guys were at the game, you love the way he's one of my favorite players ever uh, for in 31 years of coaching, just because he understands the key to life. The key to life is your attitude. And his attitude is it never changes, man. He, he never has a bad day. He comes to the ballpark knowing what he needs to do to help this team become successful. And he was out all three of those series to end the season. And he is the, he is our go guy, man. He is the guy that starts everything for us. Wonderful kid, good student. Um, he sets the, you know, he sets the tone. And the other thing is we pitch well in this tournament. I mean, to win a game one in college baseball, that's hard to do. Especially uh, that deep in the tournament. Especially that deep in the tournament. And, and, uh, Dallas T's the one that took the ball in that game and started, had an out, his best outing of the year. That's what it takes to win a championship. Uh, the next day is, is Raylan Wagner against Alabama state. They had all the momentum for him. He had his best outing of the season. That's what it takes to win a championship. The last game to get us to the championship uh, you know, was was uh, Trey Simmons. He has not pitched right. good in two. That's what it takes to get to a you know win a championship. And then we had Veets at the end, and I'll take my chances when we have Hunter Veets on the hill. Um, so that's what it takes. I mean, it just it was a that, and we can hit a little bit in case you didn't notice too. We we can swing the bat <laughs> just a little, just a little, just a little bit. Yeah. That we established this year, uh, Sebastian Greco, first baseman, had 17 home runs. The previous record was 14 or 15, I believe, with two guys holding that way back in the 80s and early 90s. Um, we had a hit the home run record for a team uh, by about 20, broke that record. Uh, we had four guys that had 10-plus home runs this season. In my eight seasons previous to this one, we never had a guy that hit double-digit home runs. Um, we've set the new doubles record. Uh, just one record after another offensively. We can swing. In 2016, FAMU baseball, and people don't even know this, we were fifth in the country in hitting. We didn't have power, but we got on base. We were like third in the country in on-base percentage. Um, and we shattered every record from 2016, basically, and, and the ones before 
or a lot of the records. So this team can swing the bat. When you talk about Ty Jackson, uh, Oh, looks like we got some connectivity issues, Doctor Cavill. Yeah, it's we've been having the sniper in and out. Yeah, because Charles <clears throat> is having some connectivity uh, issues. I want to ask him a little bit about Zach Maria, but uh, we'll see if we we can get going. If and, it comes uh, back we'll in, call it a close, and then we'll come back on the other side. Uh, see if we can get uh, everybody back in with that. This is Dr. Ville inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, A.D. Drew. You just heard the interview with FAMU's championship, 2023 SWAT championship coach, Coach Shoot. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this break. Time to call a credit repair company to fix my credit. Hold the phone, man. You can do it yourself with Credit Versio. That's way too hard. Call the credit repair company. Most credit repair companies only work on one or two accounts at a time, making it slow and expensive. You won't figure that out for months. <laughs> Ignore him. Credit Versio's brilliant software scans all three credit bureaus, finds the accounts that are hurting your score, and guides you through the entire process. Anyone can do it. Let's fast forward and see the results. <laughs> wow, I fixed my own credit and saved hundreds. You can do this. Visit creditversio.com. T. Madden & Associates is a sophisticated and experienced law firm located in your neighborhood. We're turning injury to cash. T. Madden & Associates obtained almost $2 million for my injury. They turned my injury to cash. Now, we can't guarantee how much your injury is worth, but we've recovered millions for our clients. Call T. Madden & Associates at 833-PAID-123. That's 833-PAID-123. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. Thank you guys for what you do for HBCU Athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for, for, for all of us. This is our ESPN, so we, 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 we love what you guys do. Brian, AD, Roy, all you guys at BCSN, we really appreciate what it is that you guys, you guys do for us. The analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah, and who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor, uh, yes, sir, yes, sir. and pay attention, Boy. cause he gon' teach a lesson. Yes. Dr. Cavill's inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Uh, Charles will be back in just a moment. We are here with Coach. Jamie Shoop, uh, Coach Shoop, uh, seems like uh, I don't know if it was somebody uh, from uh, from Daytona uh, cut you off, or somebody from down in Gainesville cut you off, but somebody cut you off while you were talking there, Coach. So if you uh, happen to remember your thought, go ahead and try to finish your thought. If not, we'll ask you another uh, question. Can you hear us there, Coach? 
don't think he hears. Come back in. Go shoot. Can you hear us? No, he can't hear us. He can't hear us. He can't hear. Nope. Let's go to a break and we'll just come back on the other side. All right. I have in me the ability to make you a better you. So if you work hard, focus, stay on point, you can do anything. Trust me. We made this track to tell everybody they can follow their dreams. The human voice has always connected audiences with experiences. Major brands all across America have trusted Kevers Voice time and time again. Conversational powerhouse intelligent and sincere that's the voice you need for your creative marketing process k-e-a-v-e-r-s-v-o-i-c-e.com covers voice covers voice covers voice.com always on all the time when we invest in ourselves our glow our vision our vibe we all shine Together, we are black beyond measure. Remember the revival? Relive the remix. Reunite for the Orange Blossom Classic. HBCU reunion experience. It's year three, baby, and we back with that fire. Calling all HBCU fans. Labor Day weekend. The I Love Jackson State University takes on the Venomous. Florida A&M University. Tickets are on sale now. Watch the game in premium style seating. Or watch it from a luxury suite. And of course, you know the halftime show. It's going to be epic right here in the 305. The sonic boom of the South. And the illustrious Marching 100. Who you rocking with? The 2023 Orange Blossom Classic. Don't miss the HBCU reunion experience. Labor Day weekend. Miami Gardens, Florida. Hard Rock Stadium. Trust me, we'll see you there. Oh, oh, oh. Check out OrangeBlossomClassic.com for tickets and info. Compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah. And who's about, about? So listen to Professor Yes Sir yes, and pay attention because he gon' teach a lesson. Yes. This is Dr. Ville with Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Mike Washington is out on assignment, but we have none other than Charles Bishop and A.D. Drew. With that being said, wanted to get in and give some more updates a little bit in regards to um, some of these HBCU players and individuals as well as institutions that's qualifying for the NCAA uh, championship in Austin. And wanted to come back in the last segment and give some reflections of the baseball tournament in itself in terms of what took place there. So also notice that SWAC athletes had 11 Southwestern athletic students had qualified for the 2020 NCAA Outdoor Track and Field Championships. So that's pretty significant. So I wanted to give you a couple of updates there in terms of Alabama State, Victor Smith, Justice Trainer, Matthew Clark, Jamarian Stubbs. On the 4x4, four 4x100, by four, four by I should say, relay, they were sixth overall. Kendrick Winfield, Kaviba Mills, Joshua Knotts, Daquan Tate in the 4x4 four four relays, eighth overall. Jackson State 
is in the building. Sherman Hawkins Jr., high jump of 2.14, seven foot, 0.25 inches, seventh place, Arkansas Pine Bluff. Caleb Snowden, high jump of 2.17, that's seven foot, 1.5 in terms of first place. Texas Southern, Chadrick Williams, triple jump, 15.65, that's 51 feet and 4.25, 12th place. Uh, in terms of those SWAT individuals that qualified for uh, NCA in Austin. Then you go back to the MEAC. You have Delaware State Chiefs some qualifiers for the NCAA championship. Uh, senior hurdler, Tayshawn Chisholm, earned an automatic bid to compete in 110-meter hurdles uh, in the 2023 NCAA Division I outdoor track and field. Uh, clock time was 13.66 and finished second in his heat with the eighth fastest time for uh Definite lane and semifinal round. And finally, we have North Carolina AT runner qualifies NCAA track and field championship from uh, this is from HBCU Sports. North Carolina AT track and field team has held multiple NCAA championship qualifiers, as you know. Both sophomore Raheem Hayes, 46.74, junior Samara Chambers, 46.89, will have the chance to compete for the 400 meter dash title claimed by fellow Aggie Randolph, Randolph Ross. Uh, in the last past two years. So Aggies continue to put people in the championships. Then you have both men also qualified by the 4 by 4 400 relay, along with Caleb Jackson and Brandon Nia. Now on the women's side, both Paul Salmon and Jada Griffin qualified for 100-meter hurdles, 400-meter dash, respectively, um, in terms of that race. So fascinating to see the number of HBCU athletes that are having the opportunity to compete for the championship the NCAA, representing uh, all pretty well in terms of the HBC landscape. Let me go to you, Charles. What are your thoughts in terms of all these qualifiers out here getting a chance for the NCA here in Austin? Well, it's very uh, uh, important that you look and see North Carolina T. They're continuing their their track program uh, has that upward trajectory, especially uh, from the national headlines that they've made over the past two years. So uh, you take a look. Like looks like Charles's internet is running slow. Get our sniper. <laughs> we still here, Charles. Uh, yeah, that, 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 that was the point that I was making. I mean, I think uh, we had a, a great opportunity to see a lot of these uh, athletes up close, uh, maybe two, three weeks ago to SWAC Outdoor Championships, and then North Carolina to continue to do what they do. Uh, uh, in terms of uh, their track and field program. Glad to see that they're still on that upward trajectory from the national headlines that they made over the past two years. Be interesting to see uh, how well they finish and can they continue to push, as you said, that trajectory. And then you have Alabama State that's kind of gotten back in the mix and they uh, pushed their ticket as well. Let me go to you, Drew, and see your thoughts in terms of the number and the diversity of HBCU uh, programs that are competing in the NCAA in Austin. Well, it's, it's always good, uh, the more the better. Uh, you know, just like every other sport has stepped up in, in competition with with expansion, you know, it's good to see our track athletes have uh, stepped up also. I mean, I mean, you got Alabama State, you got uh, Jackson State, you got UAPB, you got Texas Southern. Then, of course, you got all those MEAC programs coming down, you know, 
it's it's just great seeing uh, seeing these people compete at at such a high level, and we've got we've got people in first place in some of these events like Caleb Snowden, two point one seven on in the high jump, first place. That's seven feet one one and a half inches. So, you know, not only are we just there in the uh, in the track meet, Doctor Cavill, but we're actually getting points for our team with the opportunity to possibly put our team in a national championship uh, race. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's always good to compete at a high level. Yeah, that's a good point. When you talk about the fact that you competing, not just in there, but uh, when you talk about second place, you competing at a high level with a shot at a, the medal stand, if not a championship, good stuff there. Let's go to our last break. We'll come back on the other side and give some final thoughts in terms of the tournament, uh, where you think some uh, teams really lived up to the hype and other teams maybe not uh, in your final thoughts in terms of that. Let's come back after this last break and come back on the other side and close out pretty much this baseball season for good. Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. This is Brian Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. When you're looking for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. Compress the analytic data with your hip-hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want a lot of that. So listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill with Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop uh, as we get through it. AD Drew, I wanted to give you uh, some updates in regards to your thoughts in terms of the tournament. What were some of the highs uh, in terms of this? And we'll get through some of the lows as well. Before we get into the highs, let's start with some of the lows, particularly look at some teams. I think I know where you're going with uh, Texas Southern, Jackson State going 0-2 uh, programs, Texas Southern 2C, 
Uh, maybe not so much Jackson State coming in with four seed, but what are your thoughts in terms of who let you down in the tournament uh, coming into a teams that you said may have a little more expectation of going further in the tournament? How about Grambling? Let's, th- let's start right there. Grambling just flat out ran out of pitching on uh, on the weekend. And for a team to be the number one seed, you would think that they would have had that third starter because that's usually how they get to that spot, having a comparable third starter. But their third starter on Friday, which would have been the – if they win Friday, they're off Saturday. We don't even see the debacle on Saturday from Grambling in which they got run rule. So that would be one team that was disappointing to me as a fan. A team that I was not disappointed in their performance, but they were definitely disappointed in their, their performance, would be Alabama State. I mean, they came in, ran through the East, which is a gauntlet, as, as we've all found out, the East is a gauntlet. They ran through the East and then should have lost the game to Florida A&M on that Thursday and then actually did lose the game, which was a doubleheader for Florida A&M on Friday and also lost again on Saturday. So for Alabama State, although I personally was not disappointed because my Rattlers won, they had to be disappointed in their performance. You know, Alabama State was ranked at one point in time during the season, so that was definitely uh, disappointing. Uh, I'll just leave right there. Those would be the top two that I think would have been disappointing for one one for me as a journalist, one for for the fan side. I agree with you when you start talking about Alabama State, 40 wins on the season and not finding a way to get it done. Um, Obviously, they had the big comeback win against FAMU, the coach alluded to. Uh, But even in that game, in a lot of ways, you thought they were in trouble. Um, and then having a chance to come back to do it against FAMU the next two games and not being able to get it done. Uh, they made a late run on Friday night, but a solid victory in terms of FAMU, in terms of closing out the deal on Saturday to reach the championship game. So that analysis there about Alabama State not being able to quite uh, play at the level they seem to have played at pretty much all year long, uh, I would agree with you. It's something that certainly for Alabama State coach, players, and fans that uh, was – concerning to them. Uh, let me follow that up in terms of some of the East-West matchups. Where is the final ticket to take that you kind of uh, came out in terms of East-West matchups? Obviously, the first day uh, they went 500, top seeds got it done as they were supposed to. You had the upsets with the two seeds on both sides, which set it up um, oddly enough on Thursday where you went back to division play uh, just the way things fell out, you didn't have any East-West matchup. You got back to it on Friday, and you see uh, that the East kind of rose to the top. Uh, and then uh, with Sunday, with things playing out, which you had the two teams on the East division, in this case, coming out of Florida, where everybody was uh, uh, excited, at least out of the Florida area, talking about the Florida Classic moving up to Georgia and Atlanta. Uh, what were your final thoughts in terms of this um East-West matchup that everybody likes to play with all year long. Maybe a couple of games here and there, 
with preseason matchups, but and then at best maybe a midweek game here and there. But pretty much you don't get a chance to really see this East-West matchup until the tournament. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we know it, when we got down to the Final Four, it was 3-1 to one advantage East. But the one that was remaining, honestly, was not the one that I would have predicted. You know, I honestly would have said Southern would be the one West team that would be standing because, I mean, let's look at the Southern pedigree. We, we know the history. We know the pedigree uh, with, with Southern. And this kind of sums it up. I think the East-West advantage was because of the new blood, that being Florida A&M mm. and Bethune. Take a look at Bethune-Cookman. Bethune-Cookman beat all three of the Blue Bloods when it comes to SWAT baseball. You like to call them Black Bloods, Dr. Kavir. So since we're on your show, I'm going to respect you calling them the Black Bloods. The team with the most SWAT <laughs> titles, Southern, lost to Bethune-Cookman. The team with the second most SWAT titles, Grambling lost to Bethune Cook. The team with the third most SWAT titles, Grambling lost. Uh, I said Grambling, I'm sorry, Jackson State lost to Bethune Cookman. And the uh, team out the West who had a lot of a lot of recent success. Matter of fact, one the last team to win back to back titles in the SWAT, Texas Southern, lost to Florida AM. So the new blood went through because they happened to be in the East, dominated the black blood programs of the SWAC historically and the recent uh and in and in recent history. I think that kind of sums it up. Good pitching beats good hitting every day of the week. I don't know about every day of the week, uh Dr. Gavia, but it damn sure did in the SWAC tournament. <laughs> exactly. Well said, well said. I thought this was something that we share with each other that I want to share with our listeners out there that was fascinating. You kind of touched on a little bit in terms of every four-year class getting a chance to uh, raise a trophy um, for Florida A&M. But two players on the Family Rally's current 2023 SWAC Baseball Tournament Championship roster won the team in 2019 in the MEAC Baseball Tournament Championship roster, Jared Weber and MVP Zach Maria. I thought that was fascinating to get that touch, and I would have loved to get a chance to ask Coach Shoop to talk about the maturation. A young man coming into the program, not playing a great deal for the first championship, but then getting a chance to play for um, uh, the championship and earning a championship in a different conference. Not many players just, you know, have an opportunity to raise a championship in two conferences. It kind of played out that way, but still being able to put yourself in a position as big. And then you look at the fact uh, that uh, he was MVP. Talk a little bit about your thought when Brian shared that with us in terms of our group chat as we prepare for the show today. Which, which thought was that, Dr. Kabir? Uh, uh, that was Zach Morea winning the MVP uh, in uh, 2019 and 2023. Uh, in terms of being on the team back in 2019 when they won a MEAC championship, 
coming in that year, COVID year allows him to extend his career and he comes back and gets it done in 2023 for a SWAC championship. Yeah, well, actually, I would love if I had a chance to interview Zach Maria, I would love to know what was the differences between the MIAC title and, and the SWAC title. You know, the MIAC title has traditionally been played in Norfolk, Virginia, uh, at, at Norfolk State. So, you know, was there a difference? Was the atmosphere different? Was the pressure different? Because you were a wet behind the ears freshman at that at that point. Now you're considered one of the team leaders uh, out there. You know, just, you know, probably in 2019, you were the one being talked to by your upperclassmen from the 2015 team. Now in 2023, you're the ones talking to the younger kids because you have that experience from 2019. So I would really love to have that conversation. And I think he is going to be appearing on the ONG strike zone on tomorrow night here on the black college sports network, along with uh, coach shoot. So I'm hoping Brian is listening to this and thinks about some, some of those questions, but it's just great to see a kid with opportunity to win two titles in two different conferences, Dr. Cavill but with the same institution. And uh, we brought it up, and it was something we put out there on uh, on Twitter. Florida A&M has won championships on the uh, Division II level in the SIAC, in the Division I level, in the MEAC, and in the Division I level, in the SWAC. And Dr. Gaville, we had, did some some chatting and some research, and you came up with a couple of uh, other programs that have did that feat three conference titles in titles in three different conferences in baseball? I was going to if you uh, you can share. Yeah, that. I thought that was fascinating. Yeah, uh, I thought it was fascinating when you talk about the fact that the Rattlers now can say they won championships in three conferences: one at the Division Two level in the SIAC, and then two at the Division One level in terms of the two different conferences, MEAC, and then coming over and getting this championship in the SWAC. Uh, not a lot of Division One, Division Two programs can say that there were two that were put out there, um, TCU, in terms of doing it in the multiple conferences. But um, they're really one of the few HBCUs that even had a chance to do it when you look at it in regards to them being a member of the SIEC, MEAC, and SWAC. It's only two teams. Um, Bethune Cookman and FAMU that have are members have been members of three of the five current HBCU programs. Where it gets a little challenging with the history, uh, obviously, is when you go back to those um, conferences such as the Eastern Intercollegiate Conference from 1939 to 1966, the South Atlantic Athletic Conference from 1925 to 1968, South Central Athletic Conference from 1923 to 1962, the Southeastern Athletic Conference from 1921 to 1961. So Bethune-Cookman Savannah State were members of those uh, conferences. And so there's a period of time where you would have to go back and really look at their records to see uh, specifically if they were able to win a championship in one of those conferences. Because they have, like several schools have won uh, championships in at least two conferences. Uh, which goes back, obviously, including FAMU that's done it at three. You have Alabama State that's done it at SIEC in the SWAC. 
Bethune Cookman has done it in the SIC in the MEAC. Delaware State that's done it in the CIAA in the MEAC. Howard that's done it in the CIAA in the MEAC. North Carolina A&T that's done it in the CIAA in the MEAC. South Carolina State that has done it in the um, SIC and the MEAC. Savannah State uh, that done it that has done it in the SIC and the MEAC. Obviously, Norfolk State is another one that has done it in the CIAA as well as the MEAC. So those are the teams um, that at least have an opportunity in regards to that. But I think it's only two that really could even claim maybe with Bethune-Cookman and South Savannah State because of those um, conference affiliation they had in that 60 period where there were some conference tournaments. question is, is just how good HBCUs were uh, keeping their records. But obviously with defunct conferences, um, it's harder to find that. You tend to be able to get that stuff for football, but when you get into basketball, maybe not as much, and you certainly start to lose all the history in baseball, which is unfortunately sad. But fam, you certainly can say in terms of the modern era, that's why I love that terminology, you can say in the modern era, uh, they are the team that certainly can get it done in, in terms of what that looks like. Uh, but I do think it's important that we uh, don't just put it out there without checking it. So I was really glad that Strike on Z um, put it out there for a, as a question, not a declarative statement, statement. in regards right. to seeing, hey, right, in regards to this is what's out there and what could be. So I thought it was fascinating to see what that and some great conversation is going out there. So we'll continue to keep it up and get it done. Uh, but that'll do it for us today in regards to uh, – Dr. Ville's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. I want to shout out you, Drew, for driving the ship today and getting it done. Shout out to Charles for trying to make it work in regards to the platform. Um, we'll make sure that we uh, double check on that and get things going uh, as we move forward. Thank you for listening. Final to Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. Go ahead. There's another point you want to share in there. I was going to say final baseball rankings will come out on the BCSN Sports Wrap on this Sunday. Going to be interested to see what the computers say about this championship versus Alabama State's regular season. So going to definitely be interesting. Yeah, I think it's going to be fascinating to see what the computers say about that in regards to Alabama State and Grambling winning regular season West and Eastern Division. Alabama State was number one. For much of the regular season, if wire not just wire. about all of it, wire to wire, and and yes. um, the poll there, a couple of other polls may have different teams. I think Prairie View one time started at the top, which lets you know the long yeoman part of the season. Uh, but obviously, in terms of the BCSN and what you and Brian do at Alabama State, wire to wire. So it's going to be interesting to see can they hold on to it. Or uh, will the uh, run by FAMU and what they were able to do, as you kind of gave some details in terms of how impressive the tournament run was, was that enough uh, in the computer's eyes to get them over the top to finish the season with the number one ranking? So it's going to be fascinating. So I hope everybody tunes in to find out the answer uh, who will be ranked as the number one baseball team at the major division level as we call it as you talk about the division one level for baseball as we close up that final poll ranking for the final team sport be fascinating to see what that looks like in regards to that obviously we have track and field championship coming up as well 
we do not do a poll ranking for the team framework of track and field. So we have some individual people that have a chance to make their own statements. So we'll see what goes on there. I am Dr. Kenyatta Kabil, the Dean of HBCU Sports, coming from inside the lab in the College of HBCU Sports with Mike Watson and Charles Bishop. Again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Bill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watson Charles Bishop every Tuesday and Thursday. We'll be back on Thursday at 6 o'clock. We look forward to next week as we discuss the latest news in the lab. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. It's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. That's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Inside the HBC Sports Lab 1 on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube is Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Like and share. Make sure you follow us on my JBM, my BCSN. Dream big. Continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Course. Lecture. Dismiss. Countdown to 400. That's right. That's right. Travel light.